Welcome to Season 1 of Pick the Plot. I'm Rebecca McKinnon, your host for this interactive story experience. Together, we'll travel through an original story. A story that's being written as we go, so you can have a say in what happens. This season, we're experiencing a Regency story. Will it be an adventure? A fish-out-of-water story? Or a sweet romance? Maybe it will be a combination of all three. It's up to the listeners, driven by each choice you make. Because on this podcast, the listeners get to pick the plot. When we ended our last episode, Marianne was trying to decide who to turn to for help. It was up to you to decide if she should call for Lord Humphreys, Charles, or Felix. 57% of you sent her to Charles. Episode 5. Libraries and Lions The maid sniffed and clasped her hands at her waist. I cannot summon a man to your bedroom, Miss Eve, and your brother. It's unseemly. Marianne narrowed her eyes. She'd hoped the woman's narrow, pinched face and ever-present sour expression hid a soft heart. She was wrong. Oh, how she missed Jane. She was more of a friend than anything, the complete opposite of the woman standing in the doorway. Just tell him I need to speak with him. The maid pinched her lips together and shook her head. Marianne pushed past the woman, carefully closing the door behind her. She didn't need the woman snooping. Keeping an eye on the maid, she hurried down the hallway. She paused at the top of the main stairs and looked back. The maid was disappearing down the servant's staircase, but Marianne was beginning to realize anyone could enter her rooms when her back was turned. Raising one's voice was, of course, terrible manners, but as Marianne wasn't about to give anyone a chance to slip in and find Oliver, it was necessary. Charles! It was only a moment before his voice floated up the stairs. Yes? Could you please come upstairs? I need some help. Another door in the hallway opened, and Mrs. Thistlewaite popped her head out. What's all this fuss about? Marianne sighed. I just need Charles to help me for a moment. Surely there's no need to shout, she gestured down the hallway. You should have sent the maid. Marianne plastered on the most pleasant smile she could manage. I did try, Mother. The woman simply refused to do as she was asked. Mrs. Thistlewaite muttered something under her breath and firmly shut the door. Charles bounded into sight, taking the stairs two at a time. Marianne smiled. She wasn't the only one behaving inappropriately for a change. Did you enjoy your ride? Of course Charles had noticed his horse was missing, but then Marianne hadn't tried to hide the fact that she'd gone out. Very much. The park was nice and quiet, although it's possible I was seen riding astride. Charles glanced at their mother's door. I won't tell her if you don't. As Marianne led her brother down the hallway, she began to second-guess herself. Oliver hadn't wanted help. He'd likely be furious with her. Would he forgive her for involving Charles? She shook her head. It didn't matter. If his rib was broken, he needed more help than she was able to give. What's going on? Charles followed Marianne into her bedroom, raising an eyebrow as she closed the door. I found something when I returned to the stable. Marianne took a deep breath. It was too late to change her mind now. Or rather, someone. Charles's brow creased. Before he could ask, Marianne pushed open the door to her little sitting room. 
The sight wasn't as terrible as it could have been, but Charles's creased brow darkened. When he spoke, it was with a forced calm. Why is Oliver half-naked on your floor? Marianne tried to match his calm with coolness. She failed, of course. As I said, I found him in the stable. Charles scrubbed his face with his hand. If I'm to help you, I need to know everything. Marianne told him everything she'd done since Oliver had come to her battered and bleeding. With each detail, Charles's expression darkened further. By the time she got to the point where she'd realized she needed help, Charles was glowering. You could have left him in the stable and come for me. Charles dropped to a knee beside Oliver and felt his side. Oliver's shallow breath hitched at the touch, and he began to stir. You're right, it's broken. Marianne watched as Oliver's eyes flickered open. When he recognized Charles, he flinched. He looked to Marianne. She expected him to be disappointed with her, or even angry, but it hadn't prepared her for the guilt she felt at his expression of betrayal. I'm sorry, but we needed help. Charles cleared his throat, and Marianne turned back to him. His face was blank, but his eyes were angrier than she'd ever seen them. You're going to need more than just my help. Find Jasper and send him up here. Send for Lord Humphreys, then find some way to keep the servants busy. It would be best if they didn't see Jasper and I taking Oliver to the library. Marianne nodded. The servants had come with the house and had no reason to keep secrets for anyone. The footman was nowhere to be found, so Marianne sent the stable boy to deliver her note to Felix. With her first task done, she went in search of Jasper. She found him alone at the breakfast table. Her stomach rumbled and she realized she hadn't eaten her own breakfast yet. She stole a piece of toast from Jasper's plate and chewed a bite before telling him Charles needed to see him in her sitting room. He gave her an odd look, but pushed back his chair. He was laughing at her as he left the room. Marianne was left to decide how to handle the servants. Should she stay by their staircase and divert anyone trying to go up them? Would they even listen to her? And where were they all? There should at least have been a footman in the dining room. The house was too quiet. There should be someone wandering about. Perhaps they were at their own meal. She didn't want to check. What if they caught her spying on them? But since it was her job to keep them out of the way, Marianne had to do something. She started down to the kitchen. If she ran into someone, she'd come up with something. She turned the corner and stopped short to avoid walking into the butler. The entire staff was gathered, and they were being treated to a lecture from Mrs. Thistlewaite. Marianne tiptoed backwards. She'd been on the receiving end of those lectures more times than she could count and didn't wish to endure another one. As she moved away, she caught a few words. Mrs. Thistlewaite was sharing her displeasure at learning a maid had been unwilling to perform a simple task when asked, and as a result, Mrs. Thistlewaite had been forced to endure noise. As she hurried up the steps, Marianne smiled. The surly upstairs maid had done her a favor. While no one deserved one of Mrs. Thistlewaite's lectures, Marianne was grateful it had kept the servants out of the way. She had just opened the library door when she heard the men on the stairs. Charles and Jasper had Oliver braced between them, and they hurried him down the last steps and through the library door. Oliver was awake, and based on the string of curses he muttered, in pain. Charles cleared his throat. Watch your language. There is a lady present. Marianne rolled her eyes. I've heard worse. 
He glowered at her. The room was designed to be impressive rather than comfortable, but there were places to sit. When Oliver was settled in a chair, Charles began asking questions. Marianne ignored them. She went to the window and looked out at the square. It was still a little early for morning calls, but there were more people about than there had been when she'd gone to the park. Marianne smiled at Jasper's reflection in the window as he sidled up to her. When you sent me to help Charles, you didn't mention a half-naked man in your bedroom. His lips twitched. He's younger than I'd have guessed for you. Of course Jasper would go there. She should have been shocked, but she'd known Jasper much too long for that. I suppose, since I've seen him but half-dressed, there should be rumors. She paused. But then, I've seen you wearing less, and no one said a thing. He blinked. You what? Marianne grinned, but the sight of a carriage pulling to a stop drew her attention. He's here. She hurried to the front entry and led Felix into the library. Oliver glared at Marianne as they entered. You weren't going to tell anyone. She should have felt badly, but Marianne was too relieved that Oliver's care wouldn't fall solely on her. I don't know how to mend a broken bone. Marianne watched Felix tighten his fingers into fists. Why didn't you tell me your debts weren't paid? Oliver turned his glare on Felix. It's nothing to do with you. It's everything to do with me. You think if they don't get the money from you, they'll forget you owe it? Marianne looked at Jasper, hoping he'd step in before it became an argument. Jasper sighed. Who was it? Oliver pinched his lips together and shook his head. You're very young. Jasper's voice was gentle, but it was laced with frustration. Too young still to understand what you've done, I'm afraid. Oliver flinched. So they'll kill me. They won't kill you. Dead men can't pay their debts. Jasper sat in a chair across from Oliver and leaned forward, resting his elbows on his knees. You think you hurt now? This was just a warning. A way for them to let you know they expect to be paid. And a way for them to see who you turn to for help. Marianne's stomach dropped. They followed him? No one followed. Oliver's protest wasn't convincing. You weren't in any shape to notice if they did, she said. I'll see about paying the debt, Felix said. He pulled Oliver to his feet, ignoring the boy's cry of pain. We'll get Oliver patched up and back to the country. But... Jasper and I will see Marianne as protected, Charles moved to Marianne's side. One of us will be with you any time you leave the house. Marianne huffed. Don't be ridiculous. I'm not in any danger. Oliver is the one who needs protection. Oliver opened his mouth to object, but three identical glares stopped him. Marianne sighed. Charles and Jasper could be stubborn. If they thought she needed protecting, she'd never convince them to leave her alone. She smiled sweetly. I hope you like dancing. It wasn't until she was at the ball that Marianne remembered why she'd spent her season trying to avoid the gatherings. Too many people crushed into the space, making it difficult to move. There were too many rules, and if one forgot them, everyone noticed. Young ladies were expected to know the language of fans to communicate without their elders knowing what flirting was going on right under their noses. And there were very few places to hide. If she was lucky, she'd be able to escape from the ballroom and hide in the library. 
She knew from experience that this particular house had a lovely little mezzanine in the library, which, if you positioned yourself just so, allowed a person to disappear from view. Marianne smoothed the silk of her new ball gown and followed Grandmother into the crowd. Jasper and Charles trailed after them, determined to stay close to Marianne. The first dance had begun by the time their little group reached the floor, but Grandmother didn't seem to notice. She was pointing out the women she knew, and sharing a bit of gossip about each of them. Marianne didn't particularly care whose daughter had managed to snare which lord, or which young lady was the darling of the season, but she tried to remember it all anyway. It never hurt to understand what was happening around her. A few times, Marianne noticed some man or other coming toward them, but as soon as they noticed Charles and Jasper standing guard over her, they turned away. She couldn't decide if she should be grateful or annoyed. While she didn't enjoy feeling on display, which was, of course, the point of a ball, she did enjoy dancing. The music came to a stop and people moved to find their next dance partners. Ah, there's the Duke of Hesterly. His mother was a friend of mine. Grandmother smiled. I'm certain he'll want to dance with you. Charles narrowed his eyes. Ah, but this dance is mine, Jasper said. Marianne frowned at both of them. I'll not spend this evening dancing with the two of you. But the music was starting, and Jasper pulled her away. A group of young ladies were watching them, whispering behind their hands. You've disappointed the poor dears. Which of them do you think had set her heart on dancing with you? Jasper grunted. Yes, I agree. They all hoped for a turn. They won't get it. I'll only dance with you tonight. Marianne glared at him. I don't need you to guard me. The room is full of people. Good, respectable people. Jasper tipped his head toward hers. Good, respectable people have vices, and those who prey on them don't often appear lower class. I can see three men I know to be dangerous. Right now. A shiver swept up Marianne's spine. You're safe with me. They know I'm as dangerous as they are. She wasn't reassured. They took their places for the quadrille, and Marianne was grateful to put her mind to the dance. Just when she was lost in the music, Jasper spoke. You never did explain your comment this morning. They joined the other couples moving to the center of the square. The one about a lack of clothing. I don't know what you're talking about. When they'd moved far enough back to avoid being heard, she spoke quietly as she circled around him. It's not as if you've ever been shy. Then she was beside a different partner. Once she'd returned to Jasper's side, it was their turn to wait. It wasn't my fault you chose to bathe in the lake, right where you knew I went to escape my mother. They continued the dance, circling around before coming back to their place. When was this? Marianne was more than pleased to make him wait for her answer as she met the other ladies in the center of the square to circle one way, then the other. She joined him again, and as they moved to the center together, she answered, Several years ago. I'd forgotten all about it until this morning. Then it was the men's turn in the center, but Jasper watched her as he circled. When he returned, he frowned, but there was a twinkle in his eye. I feel as though I should be offended you'd forgotten. Marianne laughed. When the dance ended, Jasper led her back to where Grandmother waited with the Duke. Charles stood beside them, glaring at any young woman who dared to look at him hopefully. Charles reached for Marianne, but Grandmother stepped between them. 
Mary Anne. This is the Duke of Hesterly, a dear friend of the family. Before she quite knew how it happened, Mary Anne was swept onto the dance floor on the arm of the Duke. The country dance was easy, and Mary Anne enjoyed it, even if the Duke was rather dull. Or perhaps the glares Charles and Jasper were directing their way were distracting Marianne from the man's charm. Once she'd been returned to her trio of chaperones, as if someone her age needed chaperones, Marianne announced she needed some air. There were too many people, and she couldn't help feeling that too many of them were staring at her. But it's raining, dear. No one is going outside. They should have provided umbrellas, Grandmother complained. Perhaps a servant could find one for you. Marianne shook her head. I'll just sit in the library for a few minutes. No libraries. Charles took her elbow. But no. If the library is empty, I want to sit there for a few minutes. Marianne gently freed her arm. Please, Charles, I need to do this. Her brother's frown deepened, but he nodded. Then I'm coming with you. Marianne didn't care. She led the way through the crush of people, pretending she didn't see the hopeful looks Jasper and Charles were getting from the poor girls who'd made it through their season without an offer of marriage. It had been several years, but Marianne remembered where the library was. Charles insisted on making sure the room was empty before allowing her inside. She could have laughed. He was sure to stay with her, so it didn't matter if someone else had sought sanctuary in the peaceful room. It's as if you don't trust me. Marianne murmured as she slipped past him when he held the door open for her. He snorted. If I remember correctly, it was in a library, during a ball, that you found yourself in a situation that nearly saw you married. Marianne tried to glower. In truth, her heart was pounding. It was this very library. Very little had changed over the years. With quick steps, Marianne went to the corner where a tapestry hid the staircase to the mezzanine. At the top of the stairs, she trailed her fingers along the book spines as she made her way to the alcove. She had to duck to get inside the cozy nook. It was a small, round room lined with leather-bound books. A large, comfortable chair sat in the center of the space, under a stained-glass dome ceiling. All those years ago, it had been the perfect place to hide from dance partners and chaperones. She'd spent a perfect evening in the hideaway, holed up with a stack of books. Marianne. She sighed. Charles could wait for a moment. If she could, she'd take this room and have it moved to their country house. Then she'd hide the entrance behind some large painting. It would be the perfect place to hide from her mother, as she'd already discovered once upon a time. Marianne. Charles' voice was strained, but getting nearer. I'm here. She took a final look around the room, then ducked back out to the mezzanine. Charles was stalking toward her as if afraid she would disappear in front of him. I just wanted to look around again. Marianne tried to frown. He was being overprotective, but it was only because he cared. It's a lovely little room, but I'm finished. Let's go back down. Grandmother and Jasper had settled in chairs by the fireplace. You never did explain what happened that night. A line formed between Charles's eyes. Everyone knew what happened. It had been all anyone had spoken of when she was present. It was whispered about behind hands or fans. People she'd never met had speculated about what she might have allowed, or even encouraged, in that library. Stuff it nonsense. 
No one knew anything, and because they didn't know, they allowed their imaginations to get the best of them. Grandmother lifted her finger. Gossip should be cultivated, not allowed to run rampant. Marianne sighed. It was a long time ago. You carried the burden when you could have shared it with us. Grandmother gestured to their little group. We understand you thought ignoring it would make your mother leave you alone. It's time, my dear. Marianne looked at their expectant faces. There's hardly anything to tell. It all became so much bigger than it truly was. Ah, that's what gossip does. It takes something small and embroiders it beyond recognition. Charles reached for her hand. Father never believed what that Earl claimed happened. It's why he refused to allow the man to even speak to you when he arrived to offer for you. That's why he promised to never push me into marriage. Marianne sighed again. It's ridiculous, really. I discovered that little room when I was hiding from Mother. She was worse than usual that night. The season was ending, and I had no marriage prospects. She was attempting to foist me onto any man who came near. I hid until I knew the ball was nearly over. Then I came downstairs. Someone was here. I'd never seen him before, and I've not seen him since. He commented on the fact that we were alone behind closed doors, and that my reputation would be ruined. He suggested we do something about it. I agreed to go back upstairs until after he'd left, but the door opened and someone came in. That's it. Nothing scandalous. No real reason behind my ruin. Just a coincidence. I never even knew who he was. Marianne thought of what Charles had said. The man had been an earl. No wonder her mother had been furious. Mr. Thistlewaite could have insisted she marry the man, and Mrs. Thistlewaite would have sacrificed almost anything, including her daughter's reputation, to have Marianne become a countess. She smiled. She would be forever grateful her father had put her happiness over a title. As the season ended, more and more of the temporary residents of London left for the country. While plenty of people remained behind, Marianne was thrilled to discover the extra space left behind made it easier for her to breathe. As promised, Felix had spirited his family away, but Mrs. Knight had refused to be moved. She was determined to stay and find some excitement with Marianne and her grandmother. They'd picnicked in the park and caused a stir when they lifted their skirts to wade in the serpentine. Another day, the older woman had joined Marianne on horseback for a ride through town, and all three of them rode astride. Of course, since Oliver didn't know the names of the men who'd beaten him, Charles and Jasper refused to allow the ladies to venture out on their own. Marianne hated the precaution, but generally managed to ignore their hovering. Their time in London was almost at an end, but they'd agreed to have one last adventure together. They were to visit the Tower Menagerie. Marianne preferred to see animals roam freely, but she'd never seen the exotic animals. She was especially interested in the lions. As they approached the Lion Tower, the scent of the animals was carried to them on the breeze. As they got closer, they could hear the cries of the beasts. Marianne stiffened. Something deep inside her, some instinct she hadn't been aware of, made her consider turning back. She shook herself and raised her parasol. There was nothing to be worried about. People had been visiting the menagerie for generations. When they reached the entrance, Marianne paused to look at the figure of the lion over the door. 
There were several other people gathering around the gate, and someone reached out and rang the bell for the keeper. The group stayed together as the keeper led them through the menagerie. He regaled them with stories of the animals, pointing out what made each special, from Miss Fanny's lioness ferocity, to the delicate form of the black leopardess named Miss Peggy, to the gentle nature of the ant bear. While the tour was interesting, Marianne's thoughts were back with the lions. There were eight of them, and they were beautiful. While the keeper had explained that some of the lions were extremely tame, Marianne was fascinated with Miss Fanny. She wished she would be allowed to feed the beast, but the keeper didn't let anyone near her. As they moved near the wolf, Marianne was jostled, and someone took her elbow to steady her. She turned to thank the man, but as she did, an arm wrapped around her waist from behind. Marianne took a breath to scream, but a hand clamped over her mouth. She was lifted, so her toes just brushed the ground. The man, still holding her elbow, yanked both Marianne and her captor backwards into the dark, gaping mouth of an open door. Just as the door swung closed, Marianne caught sight of Charles. He was looking for her, his face twisted in panic. Marianne tried to kick the man in front of her, but he stepped beyond her reach. There now, no need to fight your nibs. We just want a word. The man holding her whispered in her ear, and she could smell his sour breath. Your friend owes us money, and he's disappeared. We just need you to tell us where he is. The man across from Marianne could have been anyone. There was nothing memorable about him. He could blend in on a street corner as easily as he could ghost through a ballroom. It's your choice. Tell us how to find him so we can get paid, or we get our payment from you. The man, pressing his hand over her mouth, laughed. There's lots of things a pretty thing like you could do to pay off his debt. Marianne closed her eyes. She could tell them Oliver had gone to the country. Would they believe her, or would they want to keep her until they knew she hadn't lied? She could wait, hoping Charles and Jasper would find her. She knew they were looking, and it couldn't take long for them to start looking behind closed doors. Or she could fight. She wasn't quite as helpless as these men thought. Her body wasn't as strong as theirs were, but she certainly stood a chance of freeing herself. She opened her eyes and met the gaze of the man who defied description. He grinned. Marianne realized she was no longer scared. She was determined to do whatever she had to. What will happen in our next episode? That's for you to decide. Voting will be open for one week at rebeccamckinnon.com slash pick the plot. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I look forward to seeing where our story goes from here. Thanks for joining me.